Are you one of our regular students for self-improvement? Wednesday each week you get to learn something new. Your lesson this week, how to drink in the colony of New South Wales. Your teacher is Professor Grace Carskins from the School of Humanities and Languages at the University of New South Wales. Grace, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Richard. I, I guess everyone's got this idea of, of early Sydney about being it being awash in rum, rum being the currency and almost everything. Is that true? Well, no, it's not true. Um, it's a really long-standing stereotype and it's still pretty common, but a uh, fair few historians and anthropologists have been having another look at the history of alcohol and drinking and it's such a complex and fascinating story. For example, historian Matt Allen has tracked the supply of alcohol in early Sydney and found, hello, it was not in constant supply at all, so they weren't drowning in rum. What happened was it fluctuated really, really crazily. So they'd have a long drought with no no booze at all, followed by a huge flood of booze when the ships came in. And so what happened was there was this famine or feast pattern and intended to encourage, well, of course, mm-hmm. it encouraged binge drinking, okay, which, so of course, our, could our, stop our, everybody our, working. Yeah, yeah, our cultural habit of binge drinking is still a problem <laughs> in Australia. It really yeah. comes down to the arrival of the ships in early colonial Sydney. Oh, it's probably got deeper root. I mean, I would love to do more research you know, on the uh, the English and Irish background and also compared to other settler societies. But, yeah, I mean, it didn't help, did it, that you'd have people with nothing to drink for months and then suddenly there would be all this booze. Um, it would encourage binge drinking. <laughs> what was their attitude? Did they see it as sinful or did they see it as just part of life? No, well, that's the thing. That's why we have to adjust our um, our own minds a little bit because you often sort of go, oh, drinking rum, blah, blah, blah. They didn't actually see it like that. For them, drinking alcohol is just part of everyday life. Um, you know, the governors and the ministers ranted and raved about it, but, you know, nothing could convince ordinary people, like, and they're mostly con- ex-convicts and convicts, that it was bad or that it was a sin or they should stop. Um, and it's so funny because, um, of course, when people get drunk, it can be a problem, but they sort of got around that. There's a wonderful story at the Windsor Racecourse where they just had a big chain, and if any of the drunks got annoying, they just chained them up to it until they sobered <laughs> up. <laughs> so yeah, there were ways of them. dealing with it. And the other thing I found was because I... I'm a de- I do a lot of detailed research, you know, and the field work was great. <laughs> um, I collected the terms they used for drunkenness, and it's just not either or. You're not either sober or you're drunk. There's a whole finely calibrated spectrum. So here are some words they used in the order that I think they go. Uh, there was sober, pretty sober, hearty, not sober nor yet drunk, a little fresh, could walk straight, Middling drunk yet had my senses, Mm, just in their senses but no more. Very tipsy, very heavy in liquor and not able to stand. I love that one in the middle, a little fresh. <laughs> a little fresh. <laughs> yeah, so the drinking's going on everywhere, in every class of society? Yeah, that's right. I mean, we often think of only convicts as, you know, rum-sodden people who couldn't do anything. Uh, but, you know, alcohol pervades every level of society from, you know, the governor's table, which would never have been without its ritual toasts and the officers. And then there was social after-dinner drinking in the farmhouses and all the farms. And three-quarters of people lived in rural, the rural parts of the colony. Um, and then on the isolated estates, where which were Personed by convicts, when a big when a cask of rum arrived, there'd be this all-out uh, joyful um, sharing of the rum. Uh, and but, but, uh, but it, it wasn't only a leisure thing; it was seen as part mm. of work, wasn't it? 
Yeah, it was. Um, it was essential to hard work because most people, I mean, can you imagine how hard work was it this time? It's all manual labour. In summer, it's stinking hot and everything's done by hand. So men normally would have an, a, a shot of something or other in the morning, a glass of rum, just for strength and endurance. And, you know, governors did, they knew this and they did this themselves. If they wanted things done quickly, uh, they would give the convict workers a shot you know, of rum to get them to to boost their endurance, especially working in the hot sun. It's just that they complained about drinking because they didn't want them to have fun drinking. They just want them to work hard drinking. <laughs> exactly. Get that rum yeah. into you and start digging. Yeah, get, uh, get now, now, watching all these scenes of, 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 of drunkenness mm. uh, and, and people being chained up at the Windsor Racecourse and all of that <laughs> are, of course, the Indigenous people. What are they making yeah. of the taste for liquor among the new arrivals? Well, it's a pretty good question, isn't it? So what I've tried to do in this research is turn the picture around and go, what are Aboriginal people seeing here? Um, well, they were invited to drink themselves from early on, so they knew about it, but what are they seeing when they see white people um, take their minds taken over, they, they bodies staggering and reeling if they're really drunk, um, and, and their, their spirits raised up for dancing and singing and fighting because that's, that's what it all, you know, resulted in. So I think they would have seen it as powerful magic, as some kind of uh, charmed potion uh, and sorcery, because in Aboriginal culture, of course, everything has a supernatural cause. Um, and, and what's so interesting about this is that, Aborig uh, that white people told stories about Aboriginal people drinking, and the most famous one was about Aboriginal people Rinsing the barrel. Now, have you heard rinsing this story? Yeah, rinsing no, the barrel. No, but this is a kind of famous racist trope of the time, is it? It sure is. It's repeated so often, and it's in images and caricatures. Uh, white people love telling this story because, and what the story is about was that, that Aboriginal people would have arrangements with publicans um, to access the empty barrels from the rum or brandy. These are wooden barrels, the old-style ones, and they would fill the barrel with uh, hot water and swill it around, and then they would all sit around and share that hot water, and then they supposedly got very drunk. And on, on the sort of trace elements still left in the... On a trace element of what... Oh, okay. And, of course, the joke is... White people love this because the joke is that, how oh, Aboriginal people couldn't hold their liquor, unlike us, you know, unlike mm -hmm. white people, or white men, rather. Uh, so much so that, you know, some hot water that just tasted face, faintly of brandy would make them drunk. But the weird, weird thing is that this joke became a fact. Barrel rinsing really was or became Aboriginal ritual practice. It's amazing. And it often took place before they had their great dances or their fights, and the fights were actually part of the justice system. Uh, they had a name for it. It was called bull, which is their traditional word for a sweet drink made of water and nectar and honey. And somehow the actors did act as though they would, I mean, the drinkers did act as though they were drunk. Um, although we know that all they're drinking is hot water, which maybe had a faint taste of rum. So what is going on here? The other thing is they used sugar bag, like an empty old sugar bag, soaked that in hot water and drank that and got drunk. What is going on here? So they're almost well, putting on a kind of uh, a cabaret show of English mm. drunkenness, aren't they? Or of, of well, colonial drunkenness? Most people thought they really were drunk because they didn't look any further and didn't think about it logically. 
and it's very common, you still see it in histories now, but there's a wonderful guy called Lancelot Threlkeld who is a missionary up at Lake Macquarie and he finds out what, what's going on because his friends, Aboriginal friends, ask him for a sugar bag and he says, oh no, because I don't want you to get drunk. And they must have found that very amusing because they said to him gently, they reassured him gently that they were only pretending to be drunk. And he was so astonished and he wrote in his journal, drunkenness seems to be considered by the Aborigines as a kind of accomplishment. <laughs> anyway, so what I take from this is that Aboriginal people sh- did share the lightly sugared water and the barrel rinsings, and then they mimicked, because they were brilliant mimics, they mimicked the drunkenness they saw among settlers so perfectly that settlers thought they were really drunk. So they're acutely and accurately recognising the settlers' desire, you know, their craving for alcohol and that extraordinary effect that it had on them. So what's going on here? Aboriginal people are holding up a mirror to settler drinking by performing it back to them. As a I sort think of, that's what the barrel sort of pan- is about. Yes, yeah, sort of pantomime of yeah. uh, a colonial misbehaviour. What a terrific lesson. Hey, Grace, thank you so much. Oh, it's such a pleasure. That's Grace Caskins. Yeah, Professor Grace Caskins is from the School of Humanities and Languages at the University of New South Wales. You can listen again to her lesson online, abc.net.au slash sydney. There you'll also find details of how to subscribe to the free Self-Improvement Wednesday podcast. Next week, uh, I'll be away, so Self-Improvement Wednesday will return on 29 April. Listener.